This is Essential. 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 This is Essential Audio. Welcome to the Money Pot. I'm Sanjeev Kalita, editor in chief at Money 2020, and I'm here with Rachel Morrissey, one of our producers. Hey, Rachel. Hey, Sanj. You know, I was thinking the other day. We've been focusing pretty hard for the past few months on this show on the nuts and bolts of the fintech industry. So I thought this week we could take our foot off the pedal a little bit. What do you think about Lego? Well, I, I don't know if twenty minutes of us playing with Lego bricks would make a great podcast episode, but. I'm not one to turn down an opportunity to create a new Lego build. Well, I didn't exactly mean we would be playing with Lego bricks. You know how we always talk about the industry learning from other industries about different ways to approach a problem. Well, you've brought us someone that is about as far from fintech as you can get. Ah, I see where you're coming from now. Yes, we forget that there are certain threads that run through all product development. So I spoke to my friend Melissa Pickering. So I'm Melissa. I am a product director for Lego Education. I've worked at Lego for six years now, and prior to Lego, I had my own ed tech startup, which I sold. And prior to that, I was a roller coaster engineer for Disney. And who doesn't want to talk to someone who is engaged in designing fun and play? And to your point, sometimes it's useful to compare proverbial apples and oranges. And sometimes. Things aren't as different as they may seem. I wanted to talk to Melissa because she is a product development master. She's worked on and run product teams at some of the biggest global companies that have become shorthand for great products, like Disney and Lego. But she's also been an entrepreneur who had an idea for educational tools and went through that journey as well. We actually met when we were both part of an edtech accelerator program run by the Kauffman Foundation. So she's been an entrepreneur and an entrepreneur, and she understands the importance of play. She can bring all those perspectives. One of the questions that I wanted to unpack with her is around product development. FinTech is about building the better mousetrap, one that provides for better user experiences, gives greater understanding, and helps the user the most. We use data and user feedback to inform us how to do that. But users vary and have different preferences, and sometimes you get more feedback than you can use right away. I mean, prioritizing what you work on is a must if you want a great product. It can be so easy to chase every comment and stuff a product full of different developments, and this applies beyond a single product. I mean, right now, many mid-sized banks are trying to prioritize what they innovate first. Is it all consumer-facing? How do we approach the core? So then, it becomes about being disciplined and recognizing what is most important. Also, as an entrepreneur, you have a vision for what you hope to achieve. So I asked Melissa whether at Lego they focused on the team's understanding, or did they depend on customer feedback? So I think it's a combination of of, of both looking at the the overall business uh, pr- priorities and focus areas. So in the last you know in the last six years, I've been working within Lego, and of course we have overall uh, st- strategic focus areas, and then of course those trickle down to different different business units. And so making sure, of course, there's a, an attention to it's a as a business priority, but then, then of course, the, the, the user um, aspect as well. And I think it's the, the combination of those two that, that makes the, the ideal must-win battle. 
and then um, making sure that there's not too many because then part of the the key element here is that we make sure that we focus as a team because uh, it can be very easy to lose focus uh, as particularly when you're when you're running uh, in a startup uh, as well um, where where you can have end up spreading yourself too thin. So you don't ignore what you originally wanted to do. You find a balance. And you pick just a few elements to make sure you stay focused. It may seem odd to think about complicating Legos. After all, each one is mostly a set of square bricks, but they are the perfect tool to show how creative users can be. One of my favorite exercises that I like to do when I'm speaking at, at, at conferences is uh, it's called the the duck activity and it's literally six bricks and and that notion so it's you know six bricks uh, it, mostly yellow two and two red bricks and I've spoken in front of audiences you know hundred, hundreds or, or 20 people and everyone has a different looking duck and and that is um, I think a testament to even though the com- the components or the the bricks you know are the same, there's that solution diversity that it enables um, based on the the creator or the mind or the hands behind uh, those set of bricks. The duck exercise also shows that even though you're using the same elements, putting them together in unique ways can achieve very different results. It's always seemed to me that creating a product is only half of the process, that all products are partly creator-driven and partly user-driven. And users can really flip the processes that you understand your product through. And anticipating customer needs is always at the core of product development, especially when your product is technical. Understanding how the user experience can also drive consumer behavior is part of the design. So you might start out thinking you're building a duck, but your customers could turn it into a swan or a crane or an eagle. Exactly. It's one of the few examples where even if it looks like a duck and sounds like a duck, it could turn into anything once your consumers get their hands on it. Schrodinger's duck, perhaps? (laughs) Perhaps. But... Anyway, like all companies, Lego is looking at digital experience too. But the approach they are taking isn't about fitting tech into the experience. It's to build the experience around the tech. When we have to think about integrating technology into uh, play patterns, what we've uh, been working to do is actually flipping it. So, so thinking about what is the behavior, the play behavior we want to drive, and then what type of technology. Uh, can we implement to 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 support that? So, uh, trying to make uh, the technology aspect as um, invisible, so to speak, or seamless as as possible. I've learned a lot also working with in Lego as well, where um, oftentimes we can maybe overthink the use of integrating technology into play, and in that and in that in in terms of how comfortable kids are with, uh, we often call it one reality, where they don't really see the difference between a, a phone versus a, a, another toy, that it's just kind of play for them. And and I think that's something that's helpful for us to remember when we're designing, uh, again, back to the user, and, um, and maybe we overthink the components of a play experience. And so that's why it's important to think about the play first, then what can we use to deliver it? Because that's how the kids uh, perceive it as well. They're starting with their end in sight and finding the tech that drives the behaviors they hope to instill. Because they're not trying to adapt the tech to the user, but encouraging the user to adapt to the tech, they're creating new play modalities. 
like you said earlier, users bring their own creativity to how products are used. But if we can use technology to help users see the end goal we've built for them and streamline their own preferred paths, then we are encouraging smarter decision-making. Starting with the end in sight is familiar territory for all entrepreneurs. I mean, like the consumer defining a path which the designer may not have intended, an entrepreneur can often discover a number of unexpected paths to get to the result they were looking for. One of the most intriguing questions that you had for Melissa was about what she learned when she built her own company. So I started in, in 2010 with the vision of bridging uh, research-based education technologies with the classroom, and and so I went through you know the roller coaster that we all do with the, as as entrepreneurs with the startup, and in you know 2014 had a a point where I needed to either raise more money or um, or sell or or close down based on a lot of uh, factors and. And so, you know, I ended up negotiating a, a sale with our distributor and, and while it wasn't the, it, at that time, it wasn't the, the, the company that I necessarily envisioned back in 2010 and I didn't necessarily plan to sell that, that soon. However, I look now and, and the, the software that we made and, and the, the company that I sold to, they are still uh, impacting kids. Kids are still using it in classrooms uh, uh, globally. And so there is that impact there and, and it's, and it's still running and it exists. It, it it's in a, in the level of, of engaging students. It, it's just not necessarily what I had envisioned back in 2010. I think every adult can relate to the idea that their path wasn't what they originally intended, even when they are a success. It's such a common theme when listening to some of the most successful entrepreneurs speak. Creativity and resilience are some of the most important attributes when it comes to product development. The creativity to come up with your product's purpose and the resilience to listen and adapt to the needs of the people who are using it. And that's actually what play is about. I mean, play is another word for problem solving and allowing the journey to guide you. I mean, that is what Lego is all about. It explains why every giant tech has a Lego pit. They want to encourage people to see things in new ways. And I empathize with the last sentiment Melissa shared. When I do go out and embark on um, an, an entrepreneur journey again, I would love to find a way to partner and, um, you know, what and what that looks like, I don't know, but I think, or, or at least have a set of trusted advisors around from the, the beginning because I think that was the one thing that really uh, was, was challenging. It's always more fun to play with someone else. Building a company is stressful and difficult. It's easier when there are other people that are on the journey with you who want to play with you. So that is it for this episode of The Money Pot. We'd like to thank our guest, Melissa Pickering from Lego, for sharing her ideas about product development. Also, we want to thank our producer, Roland Bodenham. We hope everyone joins our next round of MoneyFest on April 19th through 23rd. Go register now. And if you like this episode, please leave us a review in iTunes. Also, please write us with suggestions for the show at podcast at money2020.com. Thank you for tuning in.
This is Essential. 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 This is Essential Audio.